you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen of the day. Over on the Locked On Network, which is free and available on all podcasting platforms. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly 24-7, where I was the lead draft and prospect analyst uh, before Scout was bought out by 24-7, and then 24-7 decided to get out of the baseball business. But there's more to that story for another time. Uh, I have also been either mentioned, written for, or podcasted on just about every Cleveland sports blog there is. Uh, I'm sure there's a few out there that I have not reached, but uh, I can't tell you which ones they are. Today's show, we're going to talk about the MLB all-rookie ranking teams and just rookie rankings in general. We're going to discuss maybe some deep sleepers for targets for the Indians to potentially get better. You know, As you go around and you look at baseball in its current state and form, one has to remember you know, J.D. Martinez was a, was a cast-off piece. You can go through these teams that are playing right now, and it's not all stars. It's not all guys who are top prospects. I mean, look at the Indians. Shane Bieber, Jose Ramirez, these guys were never uh, top 100 prospects. Uh, you can, like I said, like right now, the, uh, the Dodgers and the Giants are playing. Man, old friend alert. I didn't even realize Dominic Leone was part of the Giants pitching staff uh <laughs> threw me for a loop remember how bad he was uh side note but like Justin Turner uh middling player uh with the Mets came up was not much Chris Taylor was a Seattle Mariners afterthought a utility player who's gonna cash in this offseason uh, going just through on the Giants side it's almost all Darren Ruff Tommy Listella Brandon Crawford okay Buster Posey is a big name Cabrian Hayes Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski, remember, I mean, Yaz is not playing as well as he did last year, but he's still a very good player, and was uh, multiple teams uh, gave him an opportunity. Alex Dickerson, who pinch hit, who I've talked about on the show as a player I've liked for a while. Uh, Steven Duggar, who I've talked about on this show and dating back to his time at Clemson. Uh, these were not big names, and sometimes you can find value looking for players who produce. Go and find the guys who played well in the minors, uh, specifically guys with certain traits who uh, also lack other traits. So we're going to get into that in the third half, third, second, and maybe the third half of the show. We'll see how long it takes to discuss such things. But let's talk about it. MLB Pipeline re- uh, released their 2021 All-Rookie Team. Uh, two Indians made it. You should be able to figure it out. Uh, one first team, one second team. So first team is, of course, Emmanuel Classe, one of the top relievers just in baseball, uh, not just one of the top relievers for the Cleveland Indians. He was one of the top relievers in all of baseball. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it the past year. And the second team, Tristan McKenzie made it. That's right. He's He was still a rookie heading into this year. He still qualifies as a rookie. Uh, if you're like, well, he was really good at points, uh, you know, it, he's not getting past Shane McClanahan, Ian Anderson, Alec Manea, and Luis Garcia, and Trevor Rogers. Uh, yeah, he had no chance. He just wasn't in that tier. What is interesting and the like sad note, Eric Haas was the second team all-rookie catcher. That's right. Cast off Eric Haas made second team all-rookie. That's because Tyler Stevenson was so good for the Reds. Uh, if you're curious, Bobby Dahlbeck, who was like a day three pick back in the day, 
Jonathan India, who's a bit of an afterthought heading this season with the Reds. He'd been kind of a disappointing player in the minors. Patrick Wisdom, who is a 30-year-old rookie who bounced around the Cardinal system before landing with the uh, Cubs. And the Cubs have a lot. It's not probably worth going through the whole list. (laughs) The Cubs just gave a lot of rookies playing time. Uh, You know, Wander Franco, Randy Azarino, Adalces Garcia, who had probably the worst second half in uh, in baseball. Dylan Carlson, Ryan Mountcastle, and we talked about the pitchers. Garrett Whitlock with the Red Sox is the other reliever to make it. Second team, we won't dive through all of it. I think, you know, the, the standouts, Chase McCormick, who is the reason why we were able to go out and add um, Miles Straw. He replaced him in center. Jesus Sanchez, who I wanted the Indians to acquire and was kind of surprised when uh, he was gotten so cheap by the Marlins a few years ago. I'm trying to remember where he was at the time. I got to go dig that out. Akil Badu, who's a Rule 5 pick. Uh, further down the list, you know, you do have Tristan McKenzie of the Indians as one of the starters with Tanner Houck, James Caprillion, Tarek Skubal, and Casey Mize. Uh, but yeah, that's that's your rookie list. An old friend alert and two uh, current Indians. Though when they look at, uh, I don't know if they have the link. They don't have it here. They had also did a thing about uh, rookies who have the potential to make the biggest impact, and they did 30 of them. And Tristan was like 20, 21. <laughs> Class A was 30th. And that's just, I think he was the only reliever on the list. But I, I get it. I, I I don't value relievers as much. I'm as guilty as anyone. Like, I would never say he should win Rookie of the Year uh, purely because he's a reliever, and relievers just don't have as many opportunities to be valuable. They have a lesser impact on the game. I love having him. I am glad the Indians traded for him. He was a fantastic addition to the Indians, but relievers are relievers, and the value is always limited to any, comparatively to any other position on the diamond. Uh, That's that's really it for the rookie rankings. You know, when you're going through this team, did you expect Daniel Johnson? I mean, who else really counts? Nick Sandlin, who couldn't stay healthy. Uh, They didn't, for all the young players they have, I guess Bobby Bradley is probably the third best rookie this past year. And he, you know, we talk about Dulces Garcia's uh, second half uh, collapse. I mean, that was Bobby Bradley. Remember when he had like a 140 runs created plus? And I was like, eh, we might want to check that out. And he's down, you know, he ended the year 99, which is essentially average. Yeah, it's a tick below, but it's essentially an average bat. Uh, I don't know if anyone's paying attention. CJ Cron, who's always the player I brought up, I have to laugh. Uh, the Rockies gave an extension. Apparently, they are doing extensions. They also gave one to uh, one of their pitchers. Kron got a like a two-year deal. I'm trying to remember the specifics uh, of what his deal is. But again, this is a player who is a, to tell you the value of first base and how easy it is to find that position. 127, 140, 101, 124. Those are his runs created plus over the last four years. And he's been with a different team every single year. You Nobody thought that was worth keeping. Nobody, uh, because first base is so easy. You got a two-year, fourteen point five million. So you're looking at what seven point two five million a year uh, for a guy who hit uh, twenty eight home runs and had a running rate plus of one twenty seven. Yeah, he he can't play the field at all. Uh, but man, that guy can mash. But uh, it's not like Bobby Bradley put up stellar numbers as a defender. But uh, not to continue that drag down but the point is first base is a pretty easy position to fill in general and that's why it stands like catcher and first base are still kind of those positions that i would widely consider uh attacking this offseason as well as outfield you know a lot of it to me really comes down to what do you think uh ahmed rosario is and do you think he stays 
do you think Ahmed Rosario is part of this Cleveland Indians team going forward? Yay, no, maybe so. Uh, you know, I'm split. It's it's honestly uh, a situation where I thought over the course of the year he would continually improve. I thought he'd be better than average, and he ended up being average. Like, he was offensively as productive as Bobby Bradley was, uh, and both were just kind of a step below uh, the average meter. They were both right about 99. I want to say they were both 99. Uh, of course, my computer's going to slow down when I pu- want to pull that up, so we're going to do the pause and wait for... My computer decided it actually wants to do what I want it to do. And yes, they're both 99s. It only took me a minute and a half. Like I'm sitting down here, I have dial up. Uh, 2.7 war, his war is a little bit higher. Because uh, Fangrass actually didn't hit his defense. I think most places realize he's a bad defender. The thing with the med is the really high bat pip. Now he's had really high bat pips every other year. And he's essentially been good every other year. question is, can he continue that? And then, you know, the, the bigger thing is he's a free agent after 2023. So I mentioned before, you know, let's see, Jose Ramirez is a free agent after 2023 as well. He is on the same track to free agency as Jose Ramirez because of uh, how quickly he gets arbitration, that he's an arbitration eligible player. He's going to get expensive. You know, you get both these players for 22 and 23, and that's it. Uh, if Rosario has trade value, you got to look into it. He's only 25. Uh, sometimes, you know, we discussed a few players who uh, who hit more uh, early aging curves and things didn't come. Uh, Rosario's value rebounded. Uh, it, it's not necessarily super high, but it's he's he can handle shortstop in a pinch. He's not going to be great there, but he's an athletic marvel, and there are teams who will value uh, the, what he does do well. Uh, so... Yeah, I know it's supposed to be about rookies. Boy, did I get off track. But hey, you know, it's the offseason. We got to fill time, too. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and try to find some under-the-radar gems for the Indians to consider. First ad is for Spotify Greenroom. Come join the Matt Thinker and myself as we talk about baseball every Saturday night. Uh, depending on when my children go to bed, uh, it can be anywhere from 9 to uh, 1 in the morning, Central Time. <laughs> Uh, it's a fun chance. We talk. We, you know, I throw things off the wall at him. He responds. He's, uh, you know, more tied into the fan community and on the boards and hears things. So he also throws me some hot rumors and information. It's a fun time. It's just a good chat. It's it, we enjoy. It's two friends chatting. If you want to join us, uh, Saturday nights is the place to be over on the Spotify Green Room, formerly the Locker Room app. Uh, jump in, talk baseball. Uh, and you never know. It's an interesting, fun experience. It's Spotify's version of, well, I can't say what the other one is that other people have, but you know what the competition is. You know what they're going up against. Uh, check it out for yourself and join me Saturday nights on the Green Room app. So when one is trying to find sleepers, uh, there's, there's different approaches to take. There's quite a few different approaches, honestly. But the big thing I wanted to do is look at for statistical sleepers. And just knowing the way baseball works is I, I went over to Fangraphs and I pulled up their upper minors data. And then I went to the advanced data and I started to look at things like walk percentage and runs created plus. And another player I was really thinking about in terms of finding that steal, that sleeper type is Mark Kaneha, who's going to be one of the hottest free agents this offseason. And I, I, he was a Rule 5 draft pick. He was one of the best recent Rule 5 draft picks. You know, like a 26-year-old rookie, uh, for them, who has played all three outfield spots, even center, I want to say, 
and some first base. He would be an ideal addition for the Indians. Of any player in free agency, he is the one that I most desire, honestly. I mean, that's that's a true statement. He is a very good player. When you look at his data, let's go back to before he was taken from Miami. That's right. Miami Marlins couldn't find a spot for this guy back in 2014. And you look at those years in double A AA and triple A in 2013 and 2014, double A, 273, 371, 449 slugging, 820 OPS. And he had a, uh, he had double digit home runs and he walked a lot. He had 54 walks. I need to go put this. This is a problem with baseball reference. Why am I using this? Like, I like baseball references draft finder. They're the best for that, but there's some things they don't do as well. And honestly, it's like they need to update. They need to get things like percentage of strikeouts, percentage of walks. That's why I like baseball cube and fan graphs and fan graphs has runs created plus, which I think is very similar to OPS plus. Let's, let's just be very honest. Why did Mark Kaneha, when I entered it, instead it brought up Carlos Rondon. Fangraphs, you're disappointing me. <laughs> uh, but let's bring in those minor league stats. So let's talk about those percentage data because I think that is important. That is more valuable than uh, more of your traditional things. So that year in AAA for Miami, he walked 10% of the time each of those years in double and AAA. Strikeouts on the 20%, so not super high. Uh, high bat pips, though. And he's not necessarily, you know, his major league bat pips at 286. Those years in the minors, 327, 356. Again, bat pip in the minors is a sign of quality contact. Bat pips, walk percentages, hitting for power, runs created pluses over 131 and 141. So I'm using the the Kaneha method. And the first guy who jumps out is is a prospect, you know, a known prospect, a guy who's been on the radar for a while, and that's Khalil Lee. And he got a little bit of a shot with the Mets, and he was for a time when the Royals were really bad, their top prospect. Five foot ten, 170 pounds, bats left, throws left, uh, center fielder. You know, I've heard varying uh, beliefs on what his defense will be as a center fielder. He's a little bit all over the board. But, I mean, I think if you put him in left, you're looking at a potential plus defender in left field. Uh, And again, it's interesting because the Mets went out of their way to acquire him and then didn't play him. And they went out of their way to get him to be a center fielder. Uh, This is an organization and a team that has a dire need there. And they... He got all of 11 games, 18 plate appearances. What did he do to make him so interesting to me? Uh, 102 games, 388 plate appearances. Runs create a plus of 162. Uh, that is, in terms of just all the players who are in double and triple A, second highest in baseball. Number one is Jose Marmoljoles, who is a 28-year-old for Seattle, who also passed through waivers and got through waivers without issue. On top of that, clearly had a bat pip of 402. Again, high bat pip is not a bad thing at this level of play. And then his walk percentage well, was the highest of any player in the upper minors at 18.3%. Uh, he is kind of a dream. I, I don't know, you know what the Mets would consider. I don't know if the Indians... I mean, we know the Indians and the Mets have history. How about uh, we trade them Ahmed Rosario... Uh, for Khalil Lee, Khalil Lee, and they agree to pick up half of Francisco Lindor's contract to get him off their books. Uh, who's who's up for that? Who who thinks that's the way to go? Uh, then the Mets could re-sign Javi Baez and be fine, and he was big for them down the stretch. In all seriousness, though, you know they're a team that is set at short. They have some young players uh, that. And the other thing to remember with this Mets team, I mean, the Mets team could be really interesting for the Indians for a few reasons. 
Uh, you start there, and then uh, I was going to talk about Mark Vinitos. Might as well talk about him now, right? Uh, Vinitos just murdered the ball. And Vinitos is a extreme age case. Back in 2017, his draft year, maybe the 2016 season or the 2015 season, like everyone talks about Elijah Green now, or is it Elijah? Cam- no, Elijah Campbell was the guy who went to Florida. You know, names blur in my mind, but Vinitos was the guy. He was the number odds on bets. Just like Daz Cameron, just like Bryce Terang, just like, uh, you know, every single player that seems to happen to very few high school players survive. And Vinitos did not have a great final year. Uh, he is a player with a December birthday. So even though he was drafted all the way back in 2017, he's only 21. He'll be 22 at the end of this year. Uh, very young for his class, ideal frame. And boy, did he mash this past year in between double and triple A. I was only 88 games, but in 88 games, dude, or I'm sorry, only 83 games, dude hit 25 home runs and like 21 hits with exit velocities over 100 miles an hour, I think, when I was reading. Like, again, another advanced stats darling. Uh, 140, uh, they don't do a combined um, runs created plus, but his most of the season was in double A and it was a 144 there. Bat pips well over 300, walk percentage. Um, not as high. That's the one area. He's a bit of a free swinger. Strikeout percentage is also high. So Vinitos, eh, and they don't have a great place because again, this is the Mets. Like Vinitos is a player who should be, I believe he's Rule Five eligible. Is he already on their forty man? Um, because he would have been Rule Five eligible. Is it? No, he's a high school. He's Rule Five. They have to add him at the end of this year. Um. Yeah, but. He's fascinating because he is a third baseman, maybe a first baseman. Uh, fielding is not great. Maybe a DH. He could be the next J.D. Davis, honestly. Um, but the problem is they already don't know where to play J.D. Davis, and they have him. So Vinito, uh, you know, he's kind of in that Nolan Jones um, grouping of types of hitters. Uh, so, he, I mean, he's also a player that came up as diving in these numbers. Clearly, again, is just... The obvious uh, one. He fits every single box. He is someone who's, like I said, if you want a sleeper candidate uh, or a prospect who is primed to explode next year. And I mean, everyone knows this. That's not it. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Uh, you know, another interesting thing with the Mets is honestly, it's like Jeff McNeil and his regression. Like, do they sell low there? Uh, yeah. What do they do with this team in general uh, heading into next year? Right now, the roster resource page has Robinson Cano slotted to be their second baseman. Oh, man, you forget he's still there. Still under contract. That's right. He is still there. Um, Sorry, Mets fans. Don't mean to laugh at you. Uh, Man, we've been like, I've only gotten two players in. uh, So obviously, this will be multiple segments. But uh, yeah, he's with Khalil Lee. He is slotted in to be a bench player for them right now. And... They're outfield. If they don't add anyone, you're looking at Dom Smith and left, center fielder Brandon Nimmo, and your right fielder being Jeff McNeil, who, again, we talked about. McNeil uh, runs created plus 136, 144, 131, age 29, drops to a 91. Uh, now, here's where it gets interesting. Here's what makes him a fascinating buy low. How much do you think it was bad luck? Because his bat pip for his career has been like th- almost 340. 276 this year so you look at that a 70 point drop you add that back into his batting average all of a sudden he's a 300 hitter again his ops's are back in the 380 range uh it doesn't fix his slugging though and then all of a sudden you're like okay so this isn't a complete fix of the issue 
But uh, as a player who's, let's see, he is he has more years of team control than Ahmed Rosario, even though he's 29. McNeil does. That that's how much you know how quickly and young uh, Rosario was up to the big leagues. Kind of the craziness when you look at this. Uh, I would love a situation where you can acquire a Jeff McNeil and a uh, a Khalil Leal. Sign me up for that. What do the Mets need? Uh, potentially pitching. Uh, it depends on what happens with uh, guys like Nolan Syndergaard, um, Marcus Stroman, uh, things like that. Now, again, I've talked about not being super comfortable with the idea of trading starting pitching, so I don't know if there's a great fit there. And they're not a team that necessarily needs to, uh, you know, they're looking to compete. They're not looking to add a ton of prospects. Uh, but, I mean, Khalil Lee over at Fangraphs is their seventh-rated prospect. That's not very I mean, he's below Venitos. Uh, again, they don't have great depth and prospects or in the outfield in general, especially if they lose Conforto. I don't know if you can get him, but he stood out. He was the first player that really stood out. Uh, and, you know, there's just names as you go through. Like, I'm going to skip Delano DeShields in Texas at age 28, who had a great walk percentage, but actually had a pretty weak runs created plus. Uh, you know, MJ Melendez, not really a sleeper. Jose Miranda is a sleeper. I've liked him back to his days. I had an awesome scouting report on him when he came out of Puerto Rico high school kid. And I was talking with a scout at a game, uh, this older gentleman. I never asked him what team he worked for. Uh, but he was there specifically. It was an Ohio State, Kent State game to see Ty Montgomery and to clock his times. They wanted good times on Monty. And, uh, you know, he ended up going to the Tigers after being drafted by the Angels. I don't know if the older guy was from them, but we had a grand old chat. Uh, he hit me to um, Taylor Trammell and Connor Capel. He asked me if I knew a bunch about them. This was before people were really in-depth talking about them. Uh, and then we both agreed we didn't think Brian Reynolds was very good. <laughs> Can't always get them all right. And let's be honest. You know, the Giants drafted him. They traded him for a reason. He is, he is you know, he didn't progress great at first. So there's been some work done. I don't know. I, I'd love to, I need to dig into the full story of how Brian Reynolds became Brian Reynolds. But he was not that dude when he was at Vandy. And he was not that dude after he got drafted either. But he was talking about, you know, I'm like, we we're talking about Puerto Rican. I believe that's the uh, Delvin Perez class. Was that the shortstop who got busted for... Um, Roids right before the draft, who the Cardinals took in the first or second round, um, who I mean just bombed out. But uh, you know, we were talking about guys, and I, I liked the data I had on on Jose Miranda, and he was talking about him, and we both were like, "This is an interesting guy." And he kind of stalled out, but boy, did he break out huge this year! But he's with the Twins, uh, Johan um, Camargo from Atlanta. He's 27, and he's been really bad the last three years. Riley Green, top prospect. Jose Breo, top prospect. Alec Thomas, someone I thought the Indians were going to draft and they didn't. So, I mean, Aldi Rushman, or Adlai Rushman. These are all names not to know. But as I was going through, there were some other players, uh, and we're going to talk about them in the third segment show. But first, another quick commercial break. Let's go over to Bilt Bar and see if they still have some of those fantastic puffs. I had two banana cream puffs uh, for my lunch today. Uh, Rocky Road is back. That is, that's the big news. Churro and strawberry puffs are still available. Cherry lime is still available. Apple almond crisp is still available. There's never been a better time, honestly. Five marquee flavors of this group. I mean, I like the puff. You have to be a marshmallow fan. 
Uh, even though it's got that marshmallow, 5 grams of sugar, 130 calories per bar, 17 grams of protein. That's for both of the puffs. If you look at the Rocky Road, only 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar. So it's got uh, a few more calories, a little bit more sugar. The uh, the Apple Almond Crisp, 4 grams of sugar. That's the lowest of the grouping. 160 calories is the higher end for calories, but you're also getting another gram of protein. Uh you can't go wrong in terms of taste. And again, these are a raid by my health food app. Uh, they taste good. They are good for you. Go to billboard.com. Use the same promo code I use, which is locked 15 to get 15% off your first order. Billboard.com. It's a product I spend my own money on every other month to get it because it is such a strong product. I love it. Try it for yourself. You'll love it as well. So let's just, uh, I again want to thank everyone for listening and making this your first listen. Uh, remember, to download daily, uh, and I know that's typically what I say at the end, and to go check out one of the other great Locked On Cleveland podcasts. So there's a lot of players to potentially talk about. So we might, you know, I'm doing this today as a segment, but we are going to talk about an under-the-radar prospect daily going forward from now on. Third segment is going to be focused, half-focused at least. I don't know if I can do eight minutes on one dude. You know, maybe I shouldn't doubt myself. Maybe I can, but... uh, and there's some names, you know, there's even some older names. There's a 30 year old on here that I am very intrigued by. Should we do, should we talk about the 30 year old player on this list? Uh, he's not who I wanted to talk. About. No, we're not. Cause I want to talk about Cooper Hummel. Cooper Hummel, uh, is a player who's 26 years old and was treated at the deadline. He went from the Brewers to the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's a former 18th round draft pick out of the university of Portland Yes, that's right. The University of Portland, a switch hitter who plays catcher and left field. Uh, all of that very fascinating just on a basic level. But here's the thing about Cooper Hummel. Dude rakes. Um, not a great defender. Let's be honest. He is definitely like a backup catcher, but he can also play outfield. And throughout his minor league career, it's funny to like look at his prospect reports grades and see like, you know, he's not rated highly. Like he's just not like 50 hit, 40 power, 45 raw power, 40 speed, 30 field, 40 future value on fan graphs. We saw it, we say all of that and you go through and he is old for the level, but this past year across AAA and he walked in one league 24% of the time in the other league, 11% of the time. If you're like how many, both those are 46 games, 168 and 198. That's right. In one league, he walked 24% of the time in 170 plate appearances. Uh, walk percent, strikeout percentage was 15.5, 17.7 in the other. Bat pip of 405 and 1, 274 in the other. Runs created plus of 148 and 155. Uh, he's always been older. He's uh, came from a small school. I'm very fascinated by Cooper Hummel, uh, Rule 5 eligible. I think Arizona will protect him, but he's also like a, a sm- super smart player. You can find some stuff where people have talked about how he might be an executive in the making. You know, a fascinating player in terms of like intelligence, where he's come from. You know, he was, I believe, part of the Eduardo Escobar trade, is I believe how he got there. And, you know, I'll just say it again. Outfielder can still play some catcher in a pinch, uh, really strong arm, and very smart, walks a lot high level of production throughout the minors. Uh, I'm just curious to see what he can do. Uh, And and the other thing I I should mention, 
heavy, heavy pool hitter. Heavy pool hitter, which we talked about with someone like Jose Ramirez. That can be a good thing. Like knowing what you do well and focusing on that, that is important. Uh, going and looking at some of his other data, you know, he he's a smart hitter who's adapted how he hits. Uh, like his home run fastball percentage is v- pretty high. Uh, he, he does a lot of the little things well. But he's going to be that classic player that if he doesn't get added to a roster, like if they decide not to protect him because he's 26, he's an older player, uh, he doesn't have a defined position, others would say he's versatile, he has limited tools, even like I said, the scouting reports for uh, you know fan graphs don't give him anything better than average future tool. He's the guy who slides through but has all that great underlying data. Now, one could say Kaye Tom was similar a year ago in terms of that great underlying data. And yeah, there's a lot of players like that. And sometimes there's nothing to it. Sometimes there's a J.D. Martinez who just completely rocks it. And sometimes there's you know the Scott Sheplers and the Adam Duvalls of the world who have up and down careers, but have peaks that make them very much worth it. Cooper Hummel is one of those names to check out. Remember, keep in mind, I have about... 10 other guys right now at the top of this uh, in tabs that I I like to close tabs. I don't like to leave them open, so this is going to bother me, but I think I I have to leave this open. I can't close out all of the names I took the time to to put together. Oh, man, I forgot. Arizona is going to be fascinating. Let's just put it that way. When I go through this list, Arizona, like, in terms of the highest players with run creation plus, you know, we just talked about Alec Thomas being a top prospect who's there. I'm not going to mention another hitter who I'm going to talk about who's uh, in his mid-20s from Arizona. won't give that away, but Cooper Hummel, who's now with them after their uh, Eduardo Escobar trade. They're going to be able to protect, I think, most of these guys. I think they will. Plus, again, they traded away so much. They're a team. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if they, they are not high on a Cooper Hummel or they're not high on this other player I'm saving for another time on the show, uh, and they have the 40-man spot, they're the perfect team to do the two or three, four, you know, to go see if you can make a trade that makes sense. Maybe not to get someone on their roster right now, but to get someone from AAA who's interesting. Uh, If you think Cooper Hummel can help your team next year, uh, if you can trade two, you know, if you can trade him, even someone like Henches or JC Mejia, plus another prospect like, um, I was just trying to think he's a little bit further down, you know, Naren Bracho. Like if you'd rather not lose him for nothing and they view him as someone who could rebound, like there is a logic in that type of deal with a team like Arizona because Arizona is going to have the 40-man space. Sorry, Kat, not time for you. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Indians podcast for Wednesday. Tune in tomorrow. We'll tackle the other Arizona Diamondback prospect I am dancing around and trying not to name. Uh though I am very fascinated by uh, that player. And so tune in tomorrow to hear about the other player I think could potentially help the Indians going forward. Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Remember to rate and review, download daily. This is the number four podcast in China right now for baseball, so you are in great company. Uh, Thank you again for listening. The fans are what make this show great. Give me ideas, please. Offseason is when I need fan intervention, help, and ideas more than ever. To, uh, to keep our fun little podcast going and making it interesting so it is something you want to download daily, uh, interact with, and have some fun chats about. Uh, so, again, thank you for listening. I've been Jeff Ellis, and as I'm trying to get used to saying now, go, go, Guardians, go.